from Cleveland, Ohio. You are listening to Rule of Law Albania with Albi Cela. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this 40th episode of Rule of Law Albania podcast. Today with me, I have Fronazi, expert on international development, Fred Abrahams. He's a human rights activist and also author of Modern Albania and Fatos Lubonia, uh, a writer and a critic um, in Albania. Uh, welcome, everyone. Thanks. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. Thanks. So we're gathered today to talk about the elections in Albania. We're just less than 24 hours from the start of the elections. The three guests have one thing in common. I believe you would allow me to say it. They all have, in their past, they all had some sort of relations with current prime minister um, Edirama, colleagues, they published pieces together, uh, were activists together, raised their voice together in the past against uh, then former uh, Prime Minister and President Salih Berisha. And today Rama is in power and he's seeking his third term. And today we're here to talk um, about this. So guys, um, first of all, again, thank you for, for doing this. And I wanted to start a little bit um, before go- uh, jumping in and asking you, do you see Rama's uh, third term as a threat to Albania's so-called, if we can call it democracy, or future of democracy. I wanted to ask you a little bit about Rama himself, how he managed to become um, from a liberal art artist to a, this illiberal prime minister that he is today. And I also wrote a piece uh, a few days ago, like I said, like uh, Eddie Rama, this liberal artist that became um, this illiberal prime minister. So how do you see this? How did this happen? We can start with Fran. Okay, thank you. Uh, look, how does this happen? For those of us who knew Eddie back in the 90s, uh, I have to admit, we all knew that he was very arrogant, very egotistical, very smart. Still is, I would say. We also knew he had really all the time ambitions. And when we came together at that time, when I say the activist part, it was actually around Fatos and, the, and his journal, Propiekia. And there I saw the writer's side with incredible ideas. But like I think most Albanian men, I think he had ambitions to become a lot more than he was. So, and, and that, that, that incredible energy that he had reflected not only his writings, but also in his artwork. And he really became a name in that respect. And I think this is where, when he channeled the same energy into politics, uh, his ambitions were just as strong. Obviously, he started off as, you know, Minister of Culture, then the Mayor of Tirana, won all sorts of work. The one thing that I would say that's constant about Eddie Rama, it's always about Eddie Rama. Uh, you know, we're going to laugh because this is not my saying, but the best description I ever heard of Eddie Rama was this French uh, uh, lady who, who knew Eddie quite well. And she said Eddie's personality is such that he has to be the... Uh, the bride at the wedding and the, uh, uh, how do you call the, uh, uh, I forget the name, <laughs> the corpse at the funeral. That's his, his ego is such. And I think that at that time, I would say, yes, that's true. And I was willing to accept it because I saw really so much talent in him in the sense that he presented a very open liberal-minded face to the Western world at a time when Albania was perceived as backwards. Yeah. 
Yeah, you want me to speak now to say something? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Fron is is uh, right, uh, but if you want to think more, how is it possible that some people change uh, their viewpoint, change their even their ideology? Let's say. Uh, uh, because of this uh, will for power, then you, of course, the psychological problem is very important. I remember uh, an Italian, Italian politician, very well known, uh, who was a friend of Mussolini during the First World War. They were both Pietro Neni, it's his name, and they were both together in the Socialist Party. And then, as you know, Mussolini became a, a, a fascist. And when he was asked about Mussolini's psychology, uh, he said something that remained uh, that remained in my mind. So, uh, in Italian, it's "aveva una grande voglia di comandare." That means that he had such a strong will to command. So this is the main source uh, uh, that some people have. And this, in my view, has to, to do even with their maturity as persons, with, this, with their sickness, but also with the context where they develop their will. I mean, in this case, the Albanian people, the structure that we have created uh, and, uh, and the mentality, uh, it's 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 the half part of of a authoritarian guy who who takes takes the power and wants to eliminate all the other is not sense sensitive towards criticism and uh, and uh, he wants to eliminate the others. This is when we have to analyze the drama. I think we have to see both. One is his personality, his psychic uh, problems as well. In my view, he is more closer to Donald Trump as a malign narcissist. Uh, you, his behavior with journalists, with, uh, with, uh, with uh, those who criticize him is almost the same because of, of, of his sickness. But on the other side, you have to see the Albanian people, the mentality, the heritage and the system created, which encourages very much these people. So they are both uh, to be seen. Fred, yes. Um, I, I've read your book, Modern Albania, several times, to be honest, since you, since you have published it. And in, 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 I don't remember the correct page, <laughs> but in one of the passages, you say that you, you differentiate Rama's character from Barisha's. But in one point, you say that he has some sort of dis distinct authoritarian streak means like he's still like he has that authoritarian streak but he, he's kind of different from Barisha. What was the point that you saw that authoritarian streak in him and how, how was it different from Barisha? I mean I'll be let me just say one thing which is you know people change. I think that's normal. We've all changed. We're going to continue to change and it's particularly normal for people to change when they take power. They should change their leaders and they have different positions, different roles and different responsibilities. And being an artist and being a politician are two different things. I don't hold that against Eddie Rama. 
that's normal and I wouldn't expect him to stay like an artist, right? But on the other hand, you know, I totally agree with what Fatos and Franz said because there's a line of consistency through this, right? Because even when I knew him and, you know, we were never friends, but I knew him in Toronto in 93 and 94, and I knew him as the bold, provocative uh, artist who took pleasure in breaking taboos. I said it in my book also, the first time I ever saw him was walking down the boulevard. He was wearing a t-shirt with all the different Well, Tirana today, maybe not, but in that time, very scandalous. He was making a statement. And, and you know, the problem is that it, when you're an artist, it's 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 charming to be provocative, to be have that arrogance, to have that that um, that energy, that critical spirit. It's charming when you're an artist. It's dangerous when you're a politician. And that's the consistency and the line that I think, um, you know, both Fatos and Fran have, have spoken about, which is the consistency. I mean, uh, Fatos knows Eddie much better than I did or ever will. He talks about a malign, malign narcissism. Um, but there's a certain, you know, character who, um, you know, some people uh, have very big personalities and they give energy. And some people have big personalities and they suck energy. And I would say he's more, more of the latter. If we, could, if we could go back um, to you, Rama's records in the last eight years has been terrible, let's say. I mean, there's been a decline in the state of democracy and rule of law in Albania. Indexes show, as I said, a decline each and every year. Um, do you see Rama as a threat if he would take a third mandate, if he would be given another four years as prime minister uh, of Albania? So, so I'll be... As much as I'm an Albanian, I'm still an outsider. <clears throat> Fatos said it, and you're going to hear me saying quite often, Fatos said it, because he did say it and says it quite often. Eddie Rama, Berisha, Bosch, a creation of the Albanian people. The Albanian people have chosen for 20-something years to live in failure, and you continue to do so. Eddie Rama in the mid-90s was about to write a really great little book about how the characters from Cadarea's novels and all these other people converted to Democrats would come alive and say, why did you leave me behind? You know, um, and he, he didn't, unfortunately, never finish that. And so quite often when I look at Albania, that's the way I feel. I feel like these guys come out of these novels that were written in the same exact play over and over again. And the only thing that changes or obviously the names, but it seems like the problem is the same since I've been involved in the 90s. Do I think if Rama wins, Albania will be better or worse? Um, so let's see. Right now you have mass exodus taking place. Um, <clears throat> Albania has, is, 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 you have more people trying to flee Albania than, than probably any other country. It's ranked, uh, it's, anti, it's corruption record is one of the worst in Europe only I think after uh, Northern Macedonia. So, but, but again, I feel like these are the same things we saw 10 years ago, 20 years ago. So uh, I don't know how much worse it could possibly get. On the other hand, to be fair, we have to admit Tirana does look better. It's, you know, last time I was there, it looked beautiful. The new constructions, but that's not for the average Albanian. And I know that. 
but it's great as a tourist because you see the shiny new city that he's being built there. But you know, one of the things that made me laugh in a, in a, in a cynical way was the construction of your stadium, your football stadium. Out of all the money you could spend on, which are necessary for water, health, so forth, they built a stadium, which if you study a little bit about dictatorships or you study about authoritative, these are the kind of things that people do in order to hide their situation. So it's not for me to say if it's gonna be better or worse, because I hate to break the news to you. I don't think you guys ever actually got better. Matos, what do you think? You're living there? You experience everything uh, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, uh, as I said, there are two. We have when we have to analyze the situation, we have to see the two sides. One is Rama as a politician; he's uh, authoritarian, authoritarianism, and on the other side, the system he has created. And uh, I think. The risk, the danger that we face with a third term of Rama is what we have faced even, even before. And it is the fact that one party more stays in power, more becomes criminalized, and more, as it's the old saying of David, abysus abysum invoca. That means to hide your crimes, you need to commit other crimes. So if the system has created front was pricing the skyscrapers and this and maybe the stadium we have built, but I I don't agree not only because of the fact that the urbanism of Tirana has has become more and more more suffocating in the sense of, of, of the lack of green, etc., etc. But I am much more concerned by the fact that this money is money laundering from organized crime. And there is a thing that happened during these eight years of Rama, not only because of Rama, but even because of the failure of Albanians to build a sustainable economy, an econ a sane economy, that they have based their economy on organized crime. And money laundering has become the main source of our economy and in the same time, the main source of power. But what does this mean? This means that the crime and the criminals take more power, become much more important. And it's not just a case that in the parliaments, the last parliaments, we have had real criminals as deputies in the parliament and as mayor of cities as well. So, and of course, this is a great danger for democracy as well, for media freedom, etc., etc. This is, uh, and this trend, this has to stop. It's not easy. I don't think that the opposition coming in power is able to change this kind of economy at once. And uh, maybe they will make the same thing. Uh, they will collaborate. But still, I think this could be a sort of breaking of this tendency that because 
of the oligarchic system created by Rama linked with organized crime is becoming more and more dangerous. And in, an, in a certain way, I call it economical fascism. When a handful of people take the power, political power, economical power, financial power, and use the others as their tools, as their slaves. And they see people just as, as I said, as means and not as goals. To see people as means and not as goals, it was the communist attitude before of the so-called nomenclatura. Now, instead of nomenclatura, we have created these people. And that's why people who want their life to be as goal as well, who want to be gold, have their goals, I mean, their family goals, their own, and not to be just mean, means they leave the country abroad. And, uh, and this has to change. I don't think that without giving a sort of punishment, because the opposition is like Rama in 2013, he promised, he said it was a time when Rama was saying in Albania, honest people cannot lead. So I want to change. Instead of that, we see this situation, but still I think we need an opposition who says this thing just for breaking and for changing and creating spaces. To legitimize for the third term, this tendency, for me, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's to accelerate the 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 downfall in in a, in a, in a, in a, in in uh, in uh, how is it an unpredictable situation so Abi, yeah i just want to just i think the thing that fatos talks about is fascinating in albania re-election of a politician is actually a way of they see it as <clears throat> as an acceptance as an award for their bad behavior rather than the other way around. And, and that's been consistent, uh, so. Yes, uh, also, I want to go a little bit to Fred, because I know he's been researching a little what has been going on in Albania in the past five to six years from the point he published um, his book. So I want to know what, what Fred thinks about this. How does he see it? Because he's been looking into it recently, what has been going on in Albania. And how do you, how do you see Rama's third term? With the current record that he has, I mean, look, I'll, I'll be very brief because honestly, uh, you know, uh, um, people who who live there, uh, you know, know this better. I mean, I just I look at it from the position of of policy. So if you think about like, how does a government make decisions about what's best for schools, infrastructure, healthcare, the economy, uh, defense and security. Those decisions should be made in ways that have a degree of transparency and participation, so they are uh, pursued in the best interest of the state, of the people, right? And that's a government's mm -hmm. job. And if you have a system like the one that Fatos has described, this economic fascism, well, you have people who will make decisions that are not in the interest of the country or the people, but who are in the interest of themselves. And they'll work to, to preserve to preserve their power. And, and that's, the, that's the risk of having any one government in power for too long. And also the, the cost of losing gets higher and higher. 
right? Because then you've accumulated so much power and wealth, then it's just too dangerous to give it up and you may end up in prison. But the, the uh, just additional, the only point I would add to, to what, uh, um, what has been said is the international element, because I don't think this can be done from Albanians alone because it has to start and be driven from them. So I, I, I thoroughly reject the notion if anyone is thinking, well, the, you know, the West, the United States has to save Albania. That's total BS. But um, but there is a role. The international community plays a role because Albania is a small state. And so if there's going to be tackling of the criminal element, if there's going to be a, a, a breakthrough to push for a government that is driven more by transparency and accountability, then Albania's friends and partners, meaning Western Europe and the United States, primarily the ones who are interested ostensibly in rule of law, they have to start to uh, apply more pressure um, because uh, it, it's only then when go the governments, any government of any party is, is really going to move. And uh, until now, we haven't really seen that. You know, um, we've seen pressure for the judicial reform, but given the uh, degree of problems and challenges, the, the lack of um, criticism and even outrage is, is quite astounding. And I would just say also the, the if it's the criminal element we're talking about, Albania can't cut that on its own. You know, there are massive criminal syndicates that are looking for markets, right? They're looking for places to launder their money or to transfer their, uh, their, um, their uh, people or drugs. And um, you can't just cut that. I mean, these are very, very powerful forces and it must be, gun be done together uh, with governments uh, and uh, international you know, bodies uh, that have a joint interest in um, breaking um, breaking the the criminal um, the criminal schemas. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to to the internationals a little bit later. First of all, I wanted to ask Fran and and Fatos. Like we have we've been seeing seeing Rama recently uh, asking Basha to cooperate with them and get rid of SMI Meta, and I wanted to know how, how do you see this move of Rama? I know it's completely political. But uh, in my opinion, it's like Rama is trying is trying to scare voters of the DP and trying to make it look like it's going to be another 2017. And we all know what happened in 2017 when Rama stabbed on the back Basha. It was also Basha's fault for trusting him. But do you think it's this, what he's trying to do, trying to scare the DP supporters to not go out and vote the DP by acting like he wants to cooperate with Basha again? Or do you think like he's just scared at this point and he wants to do anything to save himself? And let Fatos talk about the internal. I think Eddie is really very smart politically. And I guarantee you his team has taken surveys and polls of where people stand on every single possible position. And when he made that statement where he reached out to Barsha to eliminate uh, uh, who was at one time, as we know, very well, the kingmaker and all this, and he's the one. Uh, I'm almost, in my back of my mind, I said it was very calculating and almost saying, can I get maybe a sliver of one or 2% votes that are out there? If you watch what Eddie has been doing in the elections, and some of it sounds absolutely nuts to me or to others, it's perfectly sane for a specific kind of group which is a technique that's used in the United States and most of the more developing countries in politics. You don't go after the entire population, you go after sectors that you need to win the elections. 
And I think Eddie, through the social media campaign and through his, and all through his uh, advisors, I think is, is, has become very good at it. And I, I would say it's, you know, can equal sort of elections here in the US. And, and when he made that statement, I, uh, you know, he knew perfectly well Basha is not gonna accept. But I guarantee you somewhere down the line, they checked off a little thing somewhere where it said, okay, you said that, you're gonna move over the needle your side a little bit more. That's my take on it. He's, he's, you know, he's a he's a professional politician. I, you know, I like Eddie Rama, the writer and the painter. I'll be honest with you, I still reminisce about that person. I'm not his, I, I'm not a friend of Eddie Rama, the prime minister. I'm not, but I am a friend of the person I knew way back when, if we can put it that way. But I also have to look at it as somebody who watches this and say, look, it's a brilliant move politically. It really was. So. Uh, yeah, but if you want to understand this move, you have to go, to go back a little bit in 2013. What happened in 2013 when Rama won the elections? We had at the time Berisha and Meta, all, they, they ruled for, for four years together. And it came the moment when Rama needed to divide this coalition of Berisha and Meta. Of course, it was a, a time when Berisha was uh, consumed and his government. And Rama, in spite of all, all the accusation he had made against Meta when he was deputy prime minister, because of a corruption case, he went to meet him and asked him to be in coalition with Ram. So to divide them. And Meta for his interests, he knew that Berisha was not going to have a lot of, of votes. He agreed. And so Rama made a coalition with Meta where the two parties were divided in, in the sense that it was a coalition, but in the same time, you could vote for one or the other party and they won. Now, what Rama made after the 5th of June, when they made an agreement, he made a change in this, in this, uh, in this law, electoral law, forbidding the coalitions like the coalition who brought him in power. So the votes of Meta and the votes of Rama became more than 50% in 2013 because they were together and they went in coalition. So to divide them was very important for Rama. And he in fact uh, made something uh, against the, the agreement they made in the 5th of June when they made an agreement that all changes will be together. He decided by himself, I don't, allow coalitions before the elections. So Basha and Meta couldn't go together in a coalition with the two parties divided in the same time, in the sense that you could vote Basha and his deputies, candidates, or Meta and his candidates. And this was a very smart calculation, not only to divide them, but even to take the votes, uh, uh, to, to, to give him the possibility to take more votes. So this division 
is combined even with this uh, uh, this idea that the good guy and the bad guy. So so if he can eliminate Meta, he knows very well that Basha cannot win alone. So uh, and that when he is saying that I am ready to collaborate with Basha, he doesn't intend at all to collaborate really with him because he cannot divide power and he is more and more inclined to have his personal power, absolute power, but he can even uh, create the mistrust between the two sides, between the two. So Meta, and if you see Meta is very much concerned and very aggressive now because really he doesn't feel that he's not sure that 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 Basha will not make a great coalition with Rama. And in the same time, uh, Basha doesn't doesn't trust very much Meta uh, that maybe Meta will do the same like he did with Berisha before in, going in coalition uh, with the other with Rama and not with Basha. So this is a divida divida imperum, as they say uh, in uh, the, the Latin say. This is his move, but I'm, I'm sure that, that he cannot, he, and then there is another thing that uh, after the election, we cannot create, we cannot, they cannot create the, the government uh, directly. They need to to wait for September October so Rama will remain in power for a long time and being alone the the, the first party who can create the government uh, with all his instruments and means even even economical he of course can work much more if he cannot take Meta or Basha on his side if he has not enough he can buy deputies, which is in Albania very normal. So you, you pay some millions to buy a, a number of deputies and bring them on your side. And so he has much more instruments to win, uh, to win uh, and to create the, the government. This is just a, just a, a tactic, but it's a tactic to win and uh, uh, the thing uh, which, which concerns me is that uh, it will work and uh, in, if you go beyond the day, you will see that the morality of our politicians and the trust in our politicians who have made very many times things like this going on side, betraying the promises, betraying some 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 programs etc etc it's 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 becoming a norm normality and and this is a bad 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 education for for our youth and for our younger generations and this is deteriorating the the trust in politics and in institutions uh, in albania going back to the internationals just a little there's been a lot of criticism uh, it's been almost more than one year now but lately, a lot of criticism has gone to the U.S. ambassador um, in Albania, Yuri Kim. Like it's like the U.S. embassy is emphasizing time after time that they do not support any of the parties. But at the end of the day, every stance that the ambassador takes, it looks like it goes in favor of Rama. I mean, in the recently in the past few days, we've had footages. We've had we have facts. 
that the government is sending out people, threatening others to vote for the SP, giving money, giving food, even food to families just to vote for the SP. And there's been no such thing as, as a reaction to this from the US embassy. So all, all the reactions from the US embassy has been, have actually in some way damaged the, the, the opposition. And yesterday, for example, yesterday, um, the US uh, ambassador had this confrontation with President Meta and Meta in a television show, he actually said that he had been in communications with the ambassador herself and there had been exchanges. And the ambassador actually uh, had told Meta that, look, we have, we have, we have things for you. We, we know things about you. So we have an ambassador that, that is threatening the president. And let's, let's, let's accept that Meta, let's say that he's with the opposition. And he, he, he's, she's attacking the president directly, saying, that, look, we have files for you. We know things for you. And a, dip, a diplomat basically shouldn't do that. And she keeps doing it. It looks like, again, the West, the internationals don't care about democracy anymore. Like in the 90s, you say it in your book yourself that the West, all, it, all they care about is the stability. And do you think that the internationals are not reacting so much against Rama because they think Rama it equals stability and let's say F democracy. So uh, I'll be, I, I'm not sure why you used the word anymore uh, to say that um, they, they care, they don't care about democracy. Um, that's never been the driving function. <laughs> um, the, you know, uh, only in the sense that it was used to, you know, win the cold war. Albania was this, this, um, you know, uh, 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 exotic success of the Cold War and the last domino to fall. And but in terms of supporting policies that promote democracy, that's never been uh, the Western countries or the U.S. aim. I mean, of course, they're not opposed to it. You know, I mean, I don't think, you know, if it happens as a byproduct, uh, if rule of law is built up as a secondary effect, well, that's all good. And, and of course, I don't mean that all officials believe this, but look, Albania is a small country, right? I mean, I, I don't need to say that to anyone here. This is a, you know, extremely small country. Secondly, you know, the, the U.S. has been basically absent, I mean, to a large extent in the Balkans, has, has really been distracted, you know, um, and for also for good reasons, you know, understandable reasons ever since September 11th and looking at other global uh, hotspots. Um, and of course, four years under Trump, you know, very myopic and focused on itself. So it's not look, hasn't been engaged in the Balkans, which is why China, Gulf states, Russia have uh, stepped in. Uh, to play, you know, much more Im important role. But even when the U.S. looks at the Balkans, you know, it's looking at Albanians, right? It's not looking at Albania. And I, I can't question that. It makes sense. If I were working in the State Department uh, or the White House, I would uh, advise the same. They're looking at Kosovo, they're looking at Northern Macedonia, and they're looking at Albania or, and Greece to that extent. So it's, you know, and I'm not talking about greater Albania, but they're looking at the region. And, um, you know, so Albania is a, like a part of that. And the, the, the focus has always been stability, you know, that Albania be an anchor, stay, stay calm. 
Um, and, um, you know, yes, they're not going to tolerate this. There are red lines, you know, for publicity reasons. We, we, we can't have allies and also NATO members and, and uh, forces in, in uh, Afghanistan and Iraq that are, you know, in like extreme embarrassing uh, autocracies you know, or embarrassing dictatorships. I mean, there are red lines. Um, but, um, you know, basically the most important thing is that Albania stay calm stay reasonable, stay a good partner, um, be a friendly player and a kind of dumping ground. You know, Albania is the sort of political dumping ground of the West, right? You know, you have some people released from Guantanamo Bay. Well, let, let's throw them to Albania. Oh, uh, you have some, you know, medical waste or what was the waste that got dumped in Albania? Um, you know, or the, the Iranian I mean, the Iran, the MAK uh, uh, um, Iranian opposition that like you know, where where can we move them uh, cleaning up our mess from Iraq? Well, let's give them a camp in Albania. So, you know, as long as those things continue, which is exactly why uh, the Mujahideen al-Khalq, M.A.K., the Iranian opposition, that's exactly why. Why would any country open a, allow a camp of the M.A.K., which has its own sort of cultish, freakish rules to be set up in their own country? Well, it's obvious because if we do that, it, it buys us like two years of, you know, uh, of bad media laws, uh, corruption, criminality. It's like a, a ticket, you know, you like buy an MAK ticket to to some sort of, uh, you know, undemocratic paradise. So, um, you know, that's what that's what drives. And I'm, I'm not being cynical. I'm being just realistic. You know, and the question is then just within that, how do we find the little the little the little nooks and crannies, the little um, the little the little tiny spaces where we could push forward some democracy? Because, of course, there are also interests. There are interests in democracy. There are programs for democratic development. Um, Fran has run a bunch of them, you know, through USAID and other places. So it's not like the whole U.S. apparatus is undemocratic. I mean, that's ridiculous. I'm not suggesting that at all. Right. But the overriding uh, drive if it came down to it is something else. Uh, I see. I see that Fantas and Fran look like they want to add something. Fantas looks really wants to add something. So, Fantas, if you want no, to add something, I, please, I, please go ahead. I share what Fred said. First of all, it's it's uh, it's very true. And uh, so, when I treat this problem, I I I try to focus. Uh, uh, the issue on our side in the sense that, you know, if you try to find the historical reasons of this phenomenon, why we give so, so importance to the ambassadors, if you, you mentioned the ambassadors, American ambassadors, for instance, for the moment, I find it in the fact that historically speaking, since the creation of Albania, 1912, uh, our politicians have created this culture, this custom to create le legitimacy through the foreigners. What I mean, if Ismail Chemani, the first Albanian prime minister came and became prime minister of, of Albania, it was due to the Austro-Hungarians of the time, their, their support, they have somehow created Albania in a way, I can say. And this, this idea that uh, always we have a big, big brother who supports us, who gives us legitimacy 
then it was replaced during King Zog's times by, by Italians, and then by Tito, the Yugoslav leader first, and then by Soviet Union, then by China, and then we have changed it with Europe and Americans, you know, and not through what you do in your country. So you have to, to have your legitimacy uh, be, uh, through the good works that you do for your own people. But it's much more easier to, to, to create legitimacy from a big brother who has its own interests, as, man, as, as uh, Fred mentioned, the geopolitical, for instance, context or other interests, etc. And this is a culture. Unfortunately, uh, these ambassadors who come here, they don't, they don't understand that in this way, they, 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 they don't encourage Albanians to become much more mature, but they are uh, left in a, in, a, in a childish situation. And these politicians always, if you, if you see the, and hear the rhetoric, of our politicians, they say now, look at the Americans who are approaching, who are supporting me, Daddy Rama. Look what, otherwise they couldn't support me. If, if, if they, if you, what you are accusing me, it's true. And this is very important for Albania. So, so I have even coined this expression that if you want to rule Albanians or dominate Albanians, you have to manipulate the foreigners. So except for their interests and French, um, so, excuse, excuse me, uh, Fred, Fred uh, mentioned this geopolitical interest. I find that one side is even the attempt of our politicians to manipulate, to instrumentalize the, the, the foreign politicians, to, to manipulate even through the foreign press because they know this childish mentality of Albanians, that they, they, they don't have their critical spirit, their courage to think with their own head, like Kant would have said, but to believe what they say is the truth. And Edurama, I could say, is very smart in doing that. And he has had a lot of success in manipulating uh, the foreigners, uh, not only through their interests and 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 friend mentioned the Muajidins here and and other, but even through 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 his image as an artist, as a as a as a good guy who fought against the bad guys, etc., etc. So I'll be so. So if you look at Albania, Albania received more international aid proportionally than any other country in Central Eastern Europe. Okay, that's very important. You're talking about you know. Huge amount of money for a country of three million. The one thing Albania has always lacked is a real foreign policy. The United States, Western Europe, determined a foreign policy based on economic development. Why we want good relationships with China, why we want good relationships with Brazil, because it brings us money, it brings us stability, it brings us jobs. If Albania had a real foreign policy, it would have looked at it that way and We'll look at countries that do invest heavily in Albania based on the World Bank banks, such as Switzerland and Sweden and the Netherlands and Greece and others and say, look, these are the big investors we have. We have to maintain very good relationships. What Albania has done to Fatos's point, it's always been about the leader's personal uh, persona rather than Albania's development. 
And, and, and obviously, and with all respect to the European countries of Sweden and, and Switzerland and the Netherlands, you get more political points by being associated with the, with the president of the United States versus the prime minister of any one of these European countries. But the reality is that more investment comes from those countries. So the biggest problem in all my years I've been involved in Albania is that it really lacked a foreign policy. What it did have very strategically is a very good market policy. It knew how to market itself domestically by associating themselves. It's the reason why the Albanian government pays so much money for lobbyists here in Washington, D.C., for photo opportunities of Obama, or for that matter, Donald Trump. It's as they say, one photograph like that would get you 50,000 votes. I'm just making that up. But to, and, and I'll say this, Albania still has a way to grow up. It's still an immature country. It's, and its political leaders are not in the sense of real, you know, uh, 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 individuals who actually say, what are my vested interests for this country? Why should I build a relationship here versus there? The one criticism people have is, you know, when you give all what you have to either the United States or Western Europe, what do you get back in return? And I'm talking about financially, not a photo opportunity. And if we looked at that alone and said, how many of these things have actually come to petition where it ended up as a business or whatever, you see that in fact, throughout the years that Albania unfortunately didn't have a very sophisticated foreign policy uh, strategy. Well, I have one last point before I let you go guys. I'm taking a lot of time from you. Um, so let's assume for a second that Rama loses, uh, Basha and the position, they win. First of all, do you think knowing Rama, I'm think, I think I'm gonna make you repeat stuff here, but do you think he will give up power? And secondly, if yes, will he give up the party? will he give up his position as a leader of the SP? And I just wanted to mention how I see it, because if you if you check the candidates list for these elections, it's all new people. It's all youngsters my age, and they are all, most of them are in the top parts of the list. And to me, it looks like he's trying to create this new group of young people in the parliament, in the SP. So when it comes to him uh, being questioned about the leadership of the party, he will have these manipulated uh, young deputies supporting him. How do you see that? I'm going to start with Ron again. I'm going to I'm going to use what Fatos wrote way back in uh, regarding Berisha to use the same thing for Eddie Rama, and he wrote something at 97, 98 Fatos. I forget it now. Uh, he said the difference between Fatos Nano and Berisha is that Nano will just let go, but he doesn't care the fact that Albania is still in a hole while Berisha would tear the roots out and destroy everything in the process, right? I actually believe that Rama is more like his Nano, that, that I think he'll let go, I really do. I, I think he's got you know, art galleries, he's got other things, he's, he's, he, he still believes that he's really friends with Macaron, which, so I, I have a feeling, my person is that, you know, and knowing him, I still actually like to believe that I still this, this, this goodness in, in him and I, with, that he'll turn around and leave peacefully. But he's not gonna drag it out to use that metaphor used way back when Fatos is saying that he's gonna drag the whole country with him before he lets go. I see your skeptic. Uh, I am not sure. I'm not sure that it will be like that. I think that he has worked a lot and he is working a lot that this thing does not happen. I mean, that he 
he will be forced to go. And uh, of course, I don't think that he will behave like Berisha, but as I mentioned before, and if you see the experience of his, somehow it's very big in America, but the, 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 the sickness is the same than the narcissist Malin, it's very difficult for him to accept the defeat. That is the problem. It's very, very difficult to accept the defeat. And if, and Albania is not America, in the sense that there are no the institutions, the democratic tradition, at civil society, and all, all those forces who somehow uh, made it impossible for Donald Trump, but he could even in America create big troubles because of his sickness. So I'm more inclined to believe that in case he loses, he will behave like Donald Trump to try to make everything possible uh, not to let uh, the, 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 his, uh, his office. But of course, of course, it depends, and it will depend on the result. I mean, if the result is very, 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 like it was in America a little bit somehow, in, at least in the beginning, then he will make everything possible and having in his hands uh, the state totally, uh, I think he will keep the power and he will not uh, go away. Albi, can I jump in? Honestly, I have no idea what Eddie Rama would do. I think he's not going to lose. So maybe this is a moot point uh, yeah. question. But I, I'm more interested in what is Fran, Fatos and, and Albi going to do? And what are foreigners who care about Albania like me and many others going to do? Because we can criticize the system, the people, you know, we've just done it for an hour and we could do it for another hour easily. But what's the plan? Right. How do we move it forward from here? Mm -hmm. So if I have to give an answer, I hear many people who are so tired that they say, I will leave the country. And many Albanians who think that it is, it's, it's becoming even more impossible to live as a honest person in this country, they are going to leave the country and not to do anything uh, uh, in this country to wait and to to fight differently and etc. As for myself, I I think that I will resist. I will resist uh, to this situation. I'll do the same. Try to resist, but anyhow, we have our limits. You know, even limits of age, of limits limits of 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 uh, of health, etc. etc. But I will myself. I will resist. I think that now the truth is out somehow. The truth, what was going on, many people know. Before it was more difficult that people knew. Uh, Fron and Fred left Albania in 97, 98 after Berisha. And I have been a little bit uh, uh, somehow uh, disappointed with them, if I could say, because they left Albania and generally it was like installed democracy. It was not like that. 
It was a long, long, long way to de build democracy. And we wanted people like Fred and like Fran to be present, to give our help, to follow the next steps and to be, but it was as if now we have the good guys there. It was not true. Uh, now I, I am a <laughs> bit catastrophic, yes. Right, right. Yeah. So now you're in person. <laughs> so you're absolutely right. You really are. And I'll be the first one, and I wrote about this, and I, I really thought when Eddie came into power, he represented that generation, which we worked really hard for. And I still, I believe that at that time, I even wrote articles I published in European papers and elsewhere saying, this guy could bring this new, uh, you know, sort of democracy that we spoke about at that time, in every sense. I think the one issue that I learned as I get older is the power of the informal state. And as Fred and you were saying, this is a nice conversation. We could talk about Eddie, we could talk about Basha, but Fatos, you know better than I do, if we had to speak seriously, what is really the problem? Who runs that country? I would argue these are just figureheads and it's the informal state, the oligarchs, that we really don't have a handle how to handle that. It's a captured state. It's, it's, it's not only in Albania, it's elsewhere. If all of us, and including the political leaders, are serious. We we have to address that issue. Then, if we do that, then I do believe we will have a return to '97 because we're not talking about two or five million dollars. We're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars that are circulating in the informal side that controls both the Democrats and the Socialists, which I won't get into at the moment. I left and went to Kosovo, and and kept in touch with Albania. And I'll be honest, I kept in touch because of Fatos and, and Avi knows this through your writings. Uh, and I've always looked at it and said, it's incredible that the energy goes there because you live there. And you're right, we faded away. If you ask me what to do now, I would say I would have the only fight that's worthwhile at our age is trying to figure out how actually to untangle this captured state, which means the informal state. I'm less interested with all respect about Eddie or Barsha or Barisha, I'm really am. I'm more interested about these oligarchs. I don't have an answer to that at the moment though. Yes, I guess we have come to an end, um, but just just to, to conclude, I um, I, unlike you, Faroz, do you wanna add something? No, I agree with Franz said that because otherwise without the system, but how to fight the system, that, that it's it's a vicious circle because the system are yeah. people and people create the system and, and who is responsible and 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 I agree with Fred what he said before that we cannot do it alone we need to to we need help even foreign help and unfortunately I could say that this system is not just just only Albania but uh, of course Albania is a caricature of a system yeah. which exists even in the West, in a way that the powerful people, the so-called oligarchs, control media, control the power, and 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 uh, it's a fight that we have to make even in our our own countries. And if this fight will be successful, and it's for sure more successful in in the West, then even in Albania, it will be easier to fight this system. Can I say w one thing, just as an outsider looking at this? Um, which is, you know, if we, 
this is not just about Albania, right? We're talking about a struggle internationally to 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 imp to improve to ch to change systems that are unjust and undignified, and to narrow the gap between extreme wealth and and poverty. And I mean, frankly speaking, I mean, you know, it, it it's our fight, but it is not our fight alone, right? And part of the job now, I I think, is finding others and or helping others who are going to pick up this fight. Uh, and 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 I think Aldi, you know, you are you are a, a part of that. But encouraging young people to to in, educate themselves, feel uh, energized and um, inspired to do what's right. If it's around uh, environmental rights, uh, if it's around minority rights, and especially if it's around women's rights, because you know we've got four four dudes here talking, unfortunately. And, um, you know, there, there's a, there's a, a you know, there is a, a women's movement in Albania. It could be stronger. It should be stronger. And I hope that it, I really hope it will be stronger. We need more women in politics. We need more feminist thinking in politics uh, in, in Albania, in the region and internationally. So, you know, whatever role I think we can play in encouraging that and in, 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 um, in inspiring young people and young women to get into politics. Um, and I don't mean officially as parties, but you know, to be in politically engaged, uh, I think that's a contribution. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I understand it happened to be a, a panel just, just with men, but my last episode was just with women. I had panels just with women. I think I, I've kept it balanced. I've done episodes only for human, for women's rights actually. But yeah. No, it's on I'll us. That I mean, that, it's it's not on you because we could have also refused. So uh, I couldn't refuse talking with with uh, three friends. So uh, it's not not a criticism on you. Um, that's fine, totally. Uh, so just to conclude, I mean, I agree with everything you said. I just I don't want to be that skeptical. I mean, uh, I know there's a big chance that that Rama can win, but I I like to believe that that he will lose. And at this point, I think. I think there's there's a big chance that the opposition might win. I've I've been in touch with people back in Albania with youngsters my age, and I see this I see this frustration that they have with the current government. And I believe it's either going to be very close, but in the end, I hope I really hope that that Rama loses. Again, guys, thank thank you so much for for being in this panel, and I look forward to to talk to you again. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Abi.